0: I thought that we would talk about hearing the voice of God. And honestly, I'm not going to say that I'm the best at, at doing that. But um, there, I, I think there have definitely been times in my life where I've heard the voice of God. But I don't believe that God is like, personally, I don't, I don't think that God is like a puppeteer. And like, I, I, I know that, I've met people in my life and I've even tried it at certain times and like asking God every single little thing, Lord, should I go to the restroom now? Should I, you know, eat coffee or should I, I mean, should I eat cereal or should I eat a, you know a sandwich? You know what I'm saying? And that gets old in a, in a hurry. You know what I'm saying? Because you're just, you're, you're driving yourself insane. And I don't think that God means for it to be that way. I don't think that, um, I don't think that God is into controlling every area of our lives. I believe that, just like you know, we talked about the Garden of Eden, how God created the, created the garden and everything in it, and He created Adam and Eve, and then told Adam, "You name all the care all the uh, animals." Mm-hmm. So, I think that we, by our natures, by the way that God, by the way that God has created us, by the desires that He's put in us, and through our experiences. We find out what our giftings and what our callings are. And then when it comes to specifics, now, there are specific times when God will tell you a certain thing, when God will say, okay, it's time for you to, you know, move to Alaska or it's time for you to, you know, go out on the streets and witness. You know what I'm saying? There are times when God tells us specific things to do. But I think in the day-to-day, everyday part of our lives, God's not sitting there Um, like micromanaging every area of our lives. So I don't think that God is always speaking to us and always telling us different things to do or different things not to do. Again, I do think there's times when he does do that, but I don't think that as a general rule, God is just always, you know, speaking to us and always telling us things to do or not to do. And um, the thing is, is is I know that sometimes, and I, I myself have been that way, is like we... We all know people, it's like, the Lord told me to do this, and the Lord told me specifically I was to go to, to Canada, and I was going to meet this person with a brown hat, and his name was going to be Bill, and I was going to preach to him, and stuff like that. And, you know, we know people like that, and then we look at our own lives, and we're like, God, why don't you speak to me that way, you know? And and sometimes we we feel like maybe, you know, we're like, you know, God loves them better, or, you know, there's something wrong with us and stuff. And uh, the simple fact of the matter is, is I don't think that God speaks, even to people that are like that, I don't think that God is always speaking to them in that kind of way. And um, even with people that are like that, because again, we've all known people in our lives who are like, well, God told me to do this and God told me to do that. And in a lot of cases, it works out and it is God and God is leading them. God is uh, directing them. God is guiding them. But those same people, and I've known a lot of these people, those same people, there are times when they're like, "Well, God told me to do this, and it didn't work out, right, or God told me to do this this other thing, and and it that didn't work out either, and stuff and so the thing is is by our very nature, what we tend to do is we tend and I mean it's even like going to church sometimes you'll listen to a message right and you'll listen to something and it's hitting you right where you live and and you go out and you remember it that week and it, it really blesses you and stuff and it becomes a part of you and it changes your life and it's wonderful and stuff like that other times you go in and you sit through it and you listen and you don't remember a thing that the person said right Are you and that
1: about if gives you
0: a prophecy? no I'm talking <laughs> about church but okay, I'm but just... I'm I'm fixing to correlate it though okay the same way with prophetic words and things, Um, when someone speaks a prophetic word, if it comes true in our lives, we will tend to remember that because it affects me personally, right? Now, if someone speaks a prophetic word that doesn't come true, we have a tendency to forget all about it right and even when we speak a prophetic word to somebody or we give somebody a word that we feel is like from the lord and stuff and it really hits them where they live and it's really like oh wow that's really yeah what god is speaking to me then we tend to remember those things but when we speak something to somebody and they're like eh, i don't know about that then we tend to forget about those things right and so what i'm trying to say is that just because we see in people's lives god speaking to somebody and god Literally guiding them and directing them doesn't mean that that's how he always works with them, right? Because I don't believe that that's how God always works with any of us. There are times, and I believe that there are times in every single one of our lives where we could look back and say, you know what, I remember a time when God directed me personally, and I knew it was God, and and it worked out. It was God. God was leading me, God was guiding me, and I followed it, and it was exactly the way that he said it was going to be. And, and I think that, so my point being is that we remember the things that, that happen because they affect us personally, but we don't remember the things that don't happen. It's like we all know the Facebook things, and, and honestly, I, I hate them. I hate these things where people come on Facebook and they're like, the Lord is saying that this is going to be a year of blessing. And, and you're going to be blessed like you've never been blessed before. And, and God's just going to pour out abundantly. He's going to open the windows of heaven and stuff. And, you know, the, the simple fact of the matter, it's like the old Italian women. When they were cooking spaghetti, they would take the spaghetti out and throw it against the wall. When it stuck to the wall, that meant it was ready, right? And that's the way that prophecy done. is done a lot of times in churches and in religious circles, yeah. is that people throw out these blanket statements and, and the thing, and the thing is, is if I were to say a blanket statement right now, like this week is going to be a week of blessing for you guys. You know, God is really going to bless you guys. And God is going to be with you. You're going to sense his presence and it's going to be awesome for somebody in here. That's probably going to be true, Yeah. but it's not going to be true for everybody. Yeah. Right. And so,
2: but I would come back and go like, oh, Dean, you spoke from the Lord. You know, you had a prophetic word.
0: Well, and that's the thing. If if you did have that kind of week, you would be like, this man is a prophet. And yeah. this man really hears from God. Right. But if, if it didn't apply to you and you weren't blessed that week, you would probably forget all about it.
3: It's right. Kind of like the Chinese fortune cookies mm-hmm. too, because uh-huh, right. you can yeah. always your week always is going to have blessings and mm-hmm. it's going to have bad things. Mm-hmm. So you can, mm-hmm. you're always blessed every day. So you can say that and know that it's going to be mm-hmm. true because there are going to be blessings and there's mm-hmm. blessings even in the bad. Yeah. So somebody can always take a statement like that mm-hmm. and it's I love say the fortune cookie mm-hmm. analogy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like every fortune cookie you open.
2: Oh. You know, someone's gonna tell you you're wonderful this yeah. week or something. Like, well, and even even of the money. Well, yeah, my boss is calling. My boss is my or. paycheck this week. <laughs>
0: yeah, but so again, but that doesn't make that person a prophetic, and yeah. it doesn't mean that that person heard from God. Um, I mean, but,
2: Panda Express is not prophetic.
0: Yeah, before before I became a Christian, I was into Nostradamus. You guys, have you guys heard about Nostradamus? He lived in the 15th century and he he wrote things that were called quatrains and things. And a lot of people will take those things that he wrote and say, this is, he was was prophesying and stuff. And one of them is, uh, I'll, I'll just read it. It says, two steel birds will fall from the sky on the metropolis. The sky will burn at 45 degrees latitude. Fire approaches the great new city, immediately a huge scattered flame leaps up. Within months, rivers will flow with blood. L- listen to this. The undead will roam the earth for a little time. Now, a lot of people are attributing that to 911 and the Twin Towers. And that's the thing, okay? You can make it say that, and you can you can kind of twist it and, and say, okay, yeah, but well, if you, if you break it down and you think about it critically, it's like two steel birds will fall from the sky. Well, in the first place, birds are not fixed into the ground. You know what I'm saying? Birds are flying in the air, so they're not something that is fixed in the ground. And, and then he talks about how the undead on will walk the earth for a little while. And so, again, it's like... Yeah, if you stretch it, you can make it make it that. And and honestly, I think a lot of the words that we receive from people are a lot like that. And it's like and the, and again, like these, these these Facebook prophecies, they're so vague that it's like oh oh you know. And because we want to be believe the best about people, and we want to say yes, this person's a prophetic person, you know, and we want to. Uh, not think bad about them or, or anything like that. We we go oh okay I guess that's true then, right? Um, there's another one that uh, Nostradamus wrote and. Um, Was Nostradamus a
2: Christian? By the way? No, he wasn't. Yeah.
0: Uh, he, he and this is just a tiny snippet from it, but he says the major battle shall be close by the Hister. He shall cause the great one to be dragged in an iron cage, while the Germans shall be looking at the infant right. Now, again, a lot of people attributed that to Hitler because it sounded like Hister, right? So it's, oh, it's obviously Hitler. Well, Hister was another name for the Danube River, right? So, again, I I think because uh, we are uncritical sometimes, and I I don't mean critical in the way of being critical in an angry way or tearing people down and and things like that, but we as believers, we are called to judge things. Um, Look at... uh, Um, Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19. said
2: we're called to be
0: critical thinkers. We are. Yeah, that's very good. And that's a very good distinction. We're not called to be critical people, but we are called to be critical thinkers. And the problem with us as believers is a lot of us are naive. A lot of us just believe anything that we hear, anything that we, you know, and we're and, and just like Nostradamus, people get reputations that they're somebody. And so we automatically think that they're somebody. And so if somebody says that that's true, then we just believe it. And we don't, we don't listen to it. We don't really search it out. And we don't really check to see these, if these things are true. All right. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 19, we'll just look at a couple of scriptures. It says, uh, do not quench the spirit do not despise prophetic utterances. So this is all good, right? God wants us not to be critical to the point to where we can't receive anything. He's not saying there is not, you know, don't don't let there be prophecies, don't let there be gifts of the Spirit. He's not saying that at all. He's saying allow these things, and God wants the prophetic in the church. He wants people that hear his voice and speak what he says. But it's supposed to be uh, judged, and and we are supposed to just like the Bereans, not just take it because you know some famous guy, not even the Apostle Paul himself, said it. But we're supposed to go look at the Word and see if these things line up with Scripture, and see if these things are true. He says again in verse eighteen or nineteen, he says, "Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully." You see that? He says, hold fast to that which is good. If it's good, if it's from the Lord, definitely, by all means, hold fast to it. But, he says, abstain from every form of evil. So, if it's not from God, get rid of it, right? Um, Turn to another place, 1 John 4, verse 1. Actually, turn to 1 Corinthians 14. In 1 John 4, verse 1, he says, test the spirits to see whether they're from God. And again, you know, we as believers... Even though we, you know, we are not just to to allow people to pull the wool over our eyes. It says we are to be innocent as doves, but, um, what's the rest of that scripture? But,
2: but innocent as doves, wise as serpents. Wise
0: as serpents, but innocent as doves. Very good. But well,
4: let me ask you a question. How do you test the spirit? Because...
2: Oh, it's in John. First
3: John.
0: Well, and we're going to talk about it. Yes, first John okay. 4. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but the main way is through the Word of God. Yeah. If it does not line up with the Word of God, then it's not true. And in 1 uh, Corinthians 14, verse 20, it says, Brethren, do not be children in your thinking, yet in evil be infants. Do you see that? So he, he says, but in your thinking, be mature. So he's writing to the believers and he says, be mature. Okay, don't be children in your thinking Um, and he's saying, don't be, don't be, don't let your thoughts be wicked or or go to wicked things, but don't be foolish children either. Don't just be Buffalo. Don't just believe everything that someone says. He says in the law, it's written by men of strange tongues and by the lips of strangers, I will speak uh, to this people. And even so they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So then tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but not to unbelievers, but prophecy is for a sign not to unbelievers but to those who believe. So Paul is talking about prophecy here. He's talking about how prophecy is a good thing and we know in the church of Corinth that these guys were just they were prophesying wild things and crazy things and everybody's trying to prophesy on top of each other and everyone's trying to talk at the same time. He says in verse 23, therefore if the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues and ungifted men or unbelievers enter Well, they not say that you're mad, you're crazy. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all. Now, how is that going to happen unless whoever's prophesying is saying the truth, right? If an unbeliever comes in and someone speaks the word of God to him and says, you know, the Lord knows what you're doing, the Lord, uh, he sees what you're doing, and the Lord, you know, then he's going to be convicted because he knows that you're right. Okay, and that's, you know, it's um, and I think that sometimes, you know, I think that we've experienced times like that when we've witnessed to an unbeliever and something came out of our mouths that really convicted them, that really hit them where they live. And that's the spirit of God. That is the spirit of prophecy. When you are speaking something by the spirit that is hitting that person right where they live. And, and they know that they can't hide from that because the Spirit of God just exposed them, right? right? And so that's what prophecy does, and that's what the true word of the Lord does. And that's what, when we're speaking, that's what we want to, that's where we want to be. We want to be saying what God's saying, not what our own imaginations are saying. And, and the thing is, is a lot of times, like the the like the Corinthians, a lot of us are prophesying to, to get glory for ourselves, right? To say, to say, look at my gifts. Look at, you know, I am, I am I am this prophetic person and I speak these prophetic things. Well, how many of those things are true, right? And how many things of those are not true? Um, verse 25, it says, or verse 24 again, but if all prophesying an un- unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he's convicted by all, he is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. Because again, he can't deny it, right? You know, he, he, he is, the secrets of his heart have been exposed. And that's the thing too, we, we've been in prophetic circles, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but we used to go to this one church in, in Arlington that was very big into prophecy, and and the guy, if I, if I told you the pastor's name, you would know who he is because he's he's well known in the church. And he spoke a lot on prophecy. And he would always say that when you prophesy, you always want to say something that builds people up. You always want to say something that's good. You always want to say something that that uh, blesses people. And he was very big on that. But if you look at prophecy in the Bible, it's not always that way, right? And sometimes prophecy can be that. It's prophet, the prophetic word is a lot of times for building people up and for blessing people and, and for uh, bringing comfort to them and, and just letting them know that God loves them and things like that. But there's other times when, and, and I see it more in the Bible, where the prophetic word is God says you're walking in sin and you need to repent. And so, again, um, the prophetic word is not just this one-sided thing, and it's not for always blessing people. It's the word of the Lord, right? And we have to
2: realize, too, that um, to be edified as a believer doesn't just mean that we get goosebumps and feel good about ourselves, because when we repent of sin, we are edified. So if someone calls out a sin and, like, the Lord exposes that, God is still trying to edify you and build you up, yeah. Um, he, because he's trying to bring you into maturity. So it may not feel edifying, or it may not feel like, you know, it may like, you may not get positive goosebumps or whatever, but you might get set free from a, something that you're in bondage to, and that's always a good thing. That's always edifying, you know?
0: Yeah. So verse 26, he says, What is what is the outcome then, brethren, when you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Look at this in 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or three at most, and each in turn one must interpret. But if there's no interpreter, he must keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Again, the reason why God gives gave the gifts of the Holy Spirit is so that he could speak what he wants to their hearts. Does that make sense? It's not so that the, the person that's gifted can be, you know put on a pedestal or, or made to look at as something that he's not, but it's because God wants to speak something into a person's heart, right? Mm-hmm. And God's not pleased if we're just saying whatever we say, you know, just like Balaam, you know, how he, well, Balaam's not a good example because he tried to curse the people and it didn't work. But there are false prophets in the Old Testament who would prophesy, God. You God is at peace with you guys when God wasn't at peace with them. So the prophetic word again is to to speak the truth of what God wants that person to know. It's just like your your father. If your father loves you, he's going to tell you the truth. If you're if you're if you're a good son or a good daughter and you're doing what everything that you uh, are supposed to be doing, your father's going to say, "Man, you are doing a great job, right? I love you. You're doing awesome. Keep up the good work." But if you're doing something wrong, your father's going to say, "You know what? You need to stop being a knucklehead and do what's right." And so that's the same thing that God with us um, wants to speak into our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, verse 29, let two, let's look at this. Let two or three prophets speak, look at this, and let the others pass judgment. You see that? Mm-hmm. So again, we, we live in a, a time in the church where there's these these prophetic people who can speak anything that they want to say who can who can say things and be wrong and no one calls them out on calls them them out on it you know what i'm saying they get a free pass because they have a reputation because they're known or or whatever because they're someone big in the church and stuff and and you know the bible says that let two or three other prophets pass judgment on that Mm -hmm. there should be prophetic people in that church to say you know what i don't believe this is the word of the lord there needs to be accountability But again, and the thing is, is we, we had this thing in our churches where number one, we don't want to embarrass anybody, right? We don't want to make anyone look bad or whatever. So, so when someone says a word, even if we disagree with it, we're like, well, I don't want to make them look bad or I don't want to embarrass them. I don't want to put them on the spot. But this says if they're doing it, let others people judge it and see whether it's from God. Mm-hmm. All right? But that doesn't happen in our churches. Um,
2: Interesting.
0: Look at the. Uh, Turn to Exodus 20 verse 7. Actually, no, 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 no. Deuteronomy 18. That's it. In Deuteronomy 18 verse
3: 18. <clears throat>
0: This is uh, when, when God is telling them that Moses is about to die, right? And in verse 18, he says, I will raise up a prophet from among your, their countrymen like you. God is speaking to Moses and he says, I will put my words in his mouth and he will speak to them all that I command them. It will come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he will speak in my name, I myself will require it from him. But the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name which I have not commanded him to speak or which he speaks in the name of other gods that prophet shall die. You may say in your heart how we knew, how will we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? Verse 22 When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord if the thing does not come about or come true that is the thing which the Lord has that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet who has spoken it presumptuously, you shall not be afraid of him, right? So God says, how are you going to know whether it's true? He's going to, He says, whether it comes to pass. Now, again, uh, what what we see so often in the church is people speak prophetic words about things that are like five years down the road or whatever, things that don't come to pass. But again, no one ever calls them on it. No one ever says, hey, you know, this thing that you prophesied in 1988, that did not come true. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying this in the sense that we should stone these people or we should, or we should judge them or all I'm trying to say is this is God's standard, right? And I'm trying to say that we should be very careful about, about saying, this is what the Lord says, or this is what the Lord told me, because again, I have been there and I have prophesied to people and I've spoken words over people that did not come true, that weren't true. And so... It should put the
2: fear of God in
0: us. Uh, it should. It, and so I'm not trying to say that, that anyone that does that should be condemned or, or should not you know, continue or anything like that. All I'm saying is that people should be careful. And everything that we do, if we say, if we're speaking in the name of the Lord, if we're saying God said this or God said that, we should know for sure that this is what God said. And I think that what has happened is since there is no accountability and since people can say anything that they want to say without uh, being reproved or being being, uh, called out for it, I think that now so many people just blast out things. Without even thinking about it, without even saying, "God, is this really you? Is this really, you know?" And and the thing is, is the Bible. One of the commandments is, "Do not put take the Lord of the name of your God in vain." Now, we have made that to where that's like, uh, okay, that means don't use God's name as a cuss word, and it did, it does involve that as well. But what does it say in Ecclesiastes? He's, Solomon was a man who experienced everything. He, he tried everything. He had multiple, thousands of wives and concubines. He had everything he could want. He, he had alcohol. He had money. He had everything that he wanted. And he said, vanity, vanity, it's all vanity. Now, what was he saying? He said, was he saying it's all a cuss word? No, he's saying another word, uh, uh, the meaning of that word is empty or useless. So when we say something and we say, thus says the Lord, and it doesn't happen, that's vanity, right? And we are taking the Lord's name in vain because we're saying God said this when God didn't say that. And so again, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm not trying to make anyone look bad. I'm just saying, again, that we should be very careful when we say, this is what the Lord told me.
1: I think that a lot of the times, like the word used here is presumptuously, and I think a lot of the times these days we become very presumptuous of what God wants to do. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, certain people will feel like, oh, why isn't God speaking to me? Because sometimes the pre- the presumption is put on people that oh, God always wants to speak to you or always wants to, you know, give you money or uh, some miracle or some other thing, but you know there were lots of times god didn't do that in yeah. Bible, and even with people who did speak to he didn't always speak to them why would he need to give solomon wisdom if he always was going to speak to him right yeah um and and i think sometimes we we have this like presumed like oh god's going to do this and so in ex and think and making up God's mind for him. We, 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 we see something that's sometimes not there because we think that this is what God wants to do without God having saying this is what he wants to do.
0: Yeah.
4: And, and to piggyback on what he's saying, sometimes uh, uh, a lot of people that are that move in the prophetic, they feel that they need to uh, uh, stand there to maintain. Yeah. So to stand there, like if, if God has used them in the prophetic and all of a sudden God is silent, and I, now the whole mm-hmm. church is looking at them, well, you are the prophet. Mm-hmm. What word do you have for Because mm-hmm. I've been in situations like that where, you know, someone has moved in the prophetic, meanwhile he doesn't have a word, and that person's being put on the spot saying mm-hmm. like, well, uh-huh. do you don't not you know? have a word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that person feels on the spot like, well, I don't yeah. have a word, but because... I have a reputation to maintain. So then they mm. have to
3: come up with. And they have to
4: come up with something. That's yeah. good. And
3: it, Graham Cook teaches on that. That's and, good. You know, encouraging yeah. people not to say anything in those situations. He said yeah. he had this one Asian woman that came up and God told me you were gonna have a word for me. And yeah. he's like, Oh, God told you that? Mm. And she's like, Yeah, God told me tonight you were gonna have a word for me. And he's like, Well, woman, if it, you know, if you hear God that clearly. You don't need a word for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's, really that's really good. That's really that's good. good. And that's and that's good. the thing too, is like, you know, and, and some of these again, this, this prophetic circle that we used to run in and stuff, I mean it was I mean it's it's huge now. It's it's huger now than it was then, but I mean the main guy, the big the biggest prophet in the group and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it came to find out. I mean, he he is privately prophesying to women and having them take their clothes off. <gasps>
4: wow. And so what a you know,
0: it, I mean, there's a lot. We the point is, is that we as believers have to be discerning. We have to test the spirits. We have to see whether this stuff is from God. And there is so much wackiness that's just being. I mean. Again, I mean, I've been on YouTube, you know, I'm on YouTube a lot looking at messages and sermons and stuff like that. I can't tell you the amount of of sermons that I've looked at that like God's coming in three days or, or Jesus is coming in a month, you know, and stuff. And, you know, how many times do we have to listen to these before we're like, I'm not listening to this stuff anymore? How many times does it have to happen that it doesn't happen that we finally go, okay, you know what? You are a false prophet. And I'm not listening to you. I'm not following your page anymore. And I'm not buying your books. Hmm. And, and again, we as believers, God doesn't want us to be stupid, silly sheep. He wants yeah. us to be wise. He wants us to hear the voice of the shepherd. Hmm. The voice of the shepherd says, listen to me, not these other voices. Good. And so this is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. This is, and, we, uh, and, and so how do we hear the Lord's voice? Uh, turn to Psalm 46. So God, again, wants us to, and number one, you know, uh, Jesus talked about how the Pharisees were, or the people of of Israel at the time were always looking for signs. And you know what? I don't think we've really changed. I mean, wherever there are people that that are full of signs and wonders and and prophecy and stuff like that, people are going to flock to in droves and stuff and you know what jesus god has given each one of us the holy spirit we don't i mean okay it's nice when someone has a word for us right i mean i'm not against that i'm not saying that's a bad thing or anything but we don't need it we have the holy spirit and so god wants to instruct each one of us and again i'm not saying it's a bad thing if someone prophesies a word to you and it's right on that's awesome And there are times when God will do that. But for the most part, God wants to speak to us. And the problem with a lot of us believers is is we run from this conference to that conference because we 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 can't what? hear from God and we 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 we, we don't want to sit and and listen to the Lord. I got to go hear the guy. I got to go hear the the big preacher. I got to go go look at the man that's on the pedestal and I got to I got to hear what God's saying through him. Well, you have the Holy Spirit. You know, this is the whole problem with the uh, with the um the the dark ages before the reformation and stuff. <laughs> Uh, these people they could not hear from God for themselves they had to go to the priest right they the the common person didn't even have a bible Um, they they couldn't read the bible for themselves because it was in Latin anyway and even the the church services they, they went to they were spoken in Latin and the people didn't even understand Latin but, and so they had to have a priest to tell them how to what God is saying to their lives. And, and if we're not careful, some of us Christians today still are going to the priest to get the word from God. Yeah. Because we are not going to the well ourselves. Yeah. I don't, there's a book
3: I read, I can't remember the name exactly. Might have been Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. I don't know. It was about Indonesia where the Holy Spirit came on the church. And I really believed what the book said because it like read like Acts 2. But one of the things that really was cool is that the guy felt like the Lord told him that he would be a witness to America, which he thought was really bizarre because why would an Indonesian be a witness to America because they think of America as sending out missionaries to everybody else, the Christian country. And so he went to a lady in the church who sees visions from God. And he didn't tell her anything about what was on his heart. But he says, you know, I feel like the Lord has something he wants me to do. Can you tell me what you see on your big TV? Because she would see, like, you know, visions or something. And so she was like, I see all these. I can't remember exactly how it went. But basically these white people, you know, all, you know. Praising God or something. I can't remember exactly, but basically it indicated to him that, yeah, that was true. So Mm -hmm. just went to an ordinary other person in the church that God gives this other gift to, and just to confirm, you know, separately from what he received, you know, what the Lord was saying. So Mm -hmm. I kind of like that, and that's how use each other and not just Mm -hmm. in test test to see is this really God? Yeah. You know, is it just mm-hmm. me wanting to go to America? <laughs> it,
0: yeah, and that's really good too because that's the. I mean, yeah. If you know someone that does have a prophetic gift, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with asking that person. You know, does the Lord have a word? You know, have you heard anything? You know, you know. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it, all that stuff should be secondary. Because the guy, just like you said, he heard from God first. It's like the people, like, so many times, like, a girl will walk up to a guy, or a guy will walk up to a girl and say, You know, God told me that I'm going to marry you. Well, that person's like, Well, God never told me that. Right?
1: And it's like, If God
0: hasn't told you that, then, you know... I would be very suspect of it.
1: <laughs> well, you know now it, you remind me of Gideon, right? Like and setting the police out before the Lord. First, he heard from God, uh, from an angel, right? Hmm. And then, and then he tested, uh, he tested, tested that. It. Wow, that's good. That's good. That's, mm. good. that's real good. Yeah. That's yeah, good. I mean, and God does and, and not. And an God does not have
0: a problem with mm-hmm. us testing it, Lord, to see if it's true, right? Yeah. I mean, God wants us to be that way. Um, you know that is, I I we as the American church we're so gullible and we're faddish. We love we love every new fad that comes along and and if everything looks like it has smoke and mirrors that is sparkly and and wonderful we'll we'll go after that wholeheartedly. God wants us to be people that are uh, just a simple the simple gospel right. Just following the simple, basic gospel of loving Jesus with all your heart, learning to know Him, and walking with Him. It doesn't get, you know, any harder than that. Um, In Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Cease striving and know that I'm God. I like the King James. The King James says, Be still and know that I'm God. And, And the thing is, is, how do we hear the voice of God? Number one, most of us got too much noise in our ears, right? I find some of the best times that God, that I have with God and that I hear him sometimes is on my way to work and back because that's a 30 minute drive. And and sometimes, you know, you know it's our natural habit to just kind of turn on the radio and just, you know, bebop down the road. But a lot of times, like I've just felt like, you know what? I'm just going to turn off the radio. I'm going to shut out all the noise and stuff. And man, you just have this awesome time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and the problem <laughs> is, is that sometimes we don't hear from the Lord because we got too much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. We got, And even when we don't have stuff going on, we got to have the TV on or we got to have the radio or something. And, you know, it, it has become part of the way that we live. And it, it's funny because sometimes i mean have you ever caught yourself watching tv for no reason i mean you're like why am i watching this you know you're you're not you're not even watching what's on it it's just on Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like where i work they leave the tv on all day long in the break room and it's like sometimes we're like that and then we're like why can't i hear from god It's because we got too much noise. We've got too much stuff going on.
2: And sometimes that noise is our own thoughts and it's worry. Yeah. For me, a lot of times I worry too much. And so there's a lot of worry going on in my head. And I can't get past the worry so that I can hear from God. Because God doesn't worry. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm certainly not going to hear from Him when I'm in a state of worrying. And if I'm worrying a lot, I'm probably not going to be hearing God a lot.
0: Yeah, and that's why I like this verse right here. Because I think that between the two uh, where, where it says in the New American Standard, cease striving... And in the King James, it says, "Be still." I think between those two, we get a really good definition of what he's saying. Number one, we need to be still. We need to we need to slow down. We all got jobs. We got lives. We got things that we got to do. We got fires that we got to put out. Our our kids are you know trying to shave the dog or, you know, and stuff. And so we have things that we have to do. But there's times that we can just retire essentially to a quiet place, just like Jesus would do. And just be with the Lord. And, and then that, that, that part where the cease striving, you know, because again, we're always striving. And a lot of that striving is in our minds. You know, we all have experienced it. We'll, we'll try to get along with the Lord and pray and, and stuff. It's like, oh, but I forgot to do this. Or, or, or man, I got I to gotta email this person. Or I've got these things to do. And sometimes we, we just need to take a deep breath and let it go. And just say, Lord, I'm here for you, and and the thing is, is you know what I mean by this too is I don't mean this, God. You know, we get in this place and we're like praying and Lord, speak to me and and I'm I'm here. You know what? And we're still striving, right? Mm-hmm. Because now we're striving to hear from God and it's like God, I'm not hearing nothing. Come on, <laughs> you don't speak to me and, and stuff. And, and we're still striving and stuff. And you know, God is in the still small voice. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 sometimes there's just times when we just need to take a breath and relax. And by that, I don't mean to empty your mind. That's what the new agers do, right? And what I find happens with me a lot of times is like when I get in that alone place, and and a lot of times I don't, I'll have a Bible near me or whatever, but I'm not like reading the Bible or I'm not looking for scriptures. I'll just have the Bible there, and I'll just get in that kind of quiet frame of mind and stuff, and a scripture will come to me, right? And so I'll look up that scripture and then I'll start, I'll start thinking about that. And then another scripture will come and stuff. And pretty soon, like I've, I've had, I can't tell you how many times where I've like sat and preached a whole message just right there myself, you know what I'm saying? And just all these things are coming to you. And, and that's how, honestly, that's how I get my messages that I share with you guys is that I just try to get in a place where I just calm myself. I, I calm my mind and I start thinking, Lord, what do you want to speak? And stuff. and I'm not trying to force anything. I'm not trying to empty my mind or anything like that. I'm just like, Lord, Lord, what are you trying to speak? And then, you know, something will come, right? And then you start just developing that and you start working on that and you, you're kind of like a dog chewing on a bone and, and you're trying to, like, you know, you're adding to it and you're trying to find other things. Well, what else are you saying, right? And if we do that, God will begin to speak with us. Now, part of what makes that work is... We have to be a people of the Word. We have to be a people of the Word. We have to know the Bible. And I'm not talking about... Again, everything that I'm saying, I'm not talking about we read this Bible and we're like trying to get stuff out of it and stuff. But I'm just talking about like, it's our lifestyle, right? All this is lifestyle. If we get into this this lifestyle thing where we're just like, Lord, I want to know who you are. I want to spend time with you and... I've noticed, you know, some of the main, the times when God has spoken the clearest to me is when it's like everybody else is watching TV or everybody else is playing a game or everybody else is doing something. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to go spend some time with God. And sometimes it's in those times where God speaks the loudest and clearest because it's it's almost like a sacrifice, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that, you know, because of what you did you deserve it or anything like that. But God sees that, hey, this person is willing to lay down what he wants to do or what she wants to do and just spend some time with me. And a lot of times it's in that place where God really begins to speak with you. And And if you
3: spend time with him it usually makes your day much more effective. So that you're actually doing things that matter. And if you're doing what He wants you to do, it's so much more productive, and none of the Mm -hmm. rest matters. I was also going to comment that's, be still and know that I am God. So in your stillness, you need to actually know. Mm. It says, know that I am God. What does that mean? Know. You need to actually know I am God. So you need to concentrate, okay, what does it mean that you're God? What does it mean to me? (laughs) What is God? (laughs) You know, who are you? Who do you want to be for me today? What do you want to teach me? You know, you are God. You are, and it says, I will be exalted. You will be exalted. Mm You will be exalted in in my situation. Okay. Yeah. It's well. Be still and know that I'm God. Most of us talk about be still, but we never talk about when you're still, you need to know that you know that He's God. Yeah, that's really good. No, no, and and the thing that I I like about
0: that too is like if you be if you like because how many times do we get alone and we start praying and we're like, God, where are you at? You know, and that's that part of that knowing. If I get alone and I begin to seek the Lord, He will come right? And it's it's that faith. It's that faith and that trust and knowing that this is not just some religious exercise. This is not just something that I do. But if I come and I set myself apart to be with him, he's going to come to me. And there has to be part of that faith and that knowing that he is God, knowing that if I seek him, he will come to me. Because if we're doing it Everything that's unbelief is of unbelief is sin. And so if if we're there and we're like, you know, God's not going to come himself, He's not going to listen to my prayers, He's not going to come here. He won't because it's unbelief.
2: Go ahead and read that, Christine. Cease
3: striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth.
2: Good. To me, that um, speaks of just one of the ways that really helps me. Um, There are various ways, but one of them, because I'm kind of ADD and my mind goes in a million directions, one thing that helps me is when my mind is kind of just running a million miles an hour is to put on some worship music and be still before the Lord and know that He is God and worship Him because He will be exalted And just exalting the Lord in that place of stillness and worshiping Him for who He is. And then that kind of quiets my mind, quiets my worry, quiets my selfish thinking. And then I can hear from Him better.
0: Yeah. Um, So turn to Hebrews chapter 1. So again, we're talking about the Word. Um, Everything starts and stops with the Word of God. The Word of God is the main Thing that God has given us to know Him. If we, if we do not know His Word, we are in danger of being led astray. Amen. In every case, if we do not know the Word of God, then when we hear a voice that's speaking to us, we won't know whether that's from God or not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? It could be angel of light. Exactly. If if Joseph Smith had really known and understood and believed the Word of God, he wouldn't have. uh he, he wouldn't have believed a different gospel, right? Right. And an angel came to him. And the Bible says that if we or even an angel comes to you and preaches a different gospel, let him be accursed. Yeah. And how many people, how many new age people are they like, angels are coming to us and stuff. And even that, that guy that I was talking about earlier, he had like this angel that would come and give him revelation, the, this this prof this prophetic guy and you're and it's like you're telling me an angel is coming and giving you revelation and stuff well the bible says that jesus is our mediator through the holy spirit right mm-hmm. and it's the holy spirit that leads us into all truth it's the holy spirit that guides us now god has at certain times in the past sent angels to warn people or, or things like that but you really don't see them as messengers so much and you really don't see them as guides in their lives and, and things not like daily, that not yeah daily. and so so i would be really suspect about that if and again if, if if there's an angel involved i want to know is what he's saying in accordance to the word right, right? And Joseph Smith taught some funky stuff. And, and, and same way with the guy that started Jehovah Witnesses. If all these people and all these cults that are started that are supposed to be Christian, but they disagree with the Word of God. Yeah. And, why, and, and so the fact of the matter is is there are spirits that are speaking to us. Yes. And when we pray, and just, just because we're praying and we're, and, we're, and we're seeking God does not shield us. The only thing that will shield us is knowing the word of God and knowing him through his word. And in Hebrews 1, verse 1, it says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days, has spoken to us in his son. You Mm. see that? Yeah, that's good. And so Jesus, and what does it say in John 1? It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So Jesus is the embodiment of this word. This word is um,
2: a reflection of
0: Christ. The reflection of who Jesus is. So if it's not lining up with this word, then it's not Jesus. That's good. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if fifteen angels come to you and they're the most glorious, beautiful beings that you've ever seen, and you're having this most this ecstatic religious experience like you've never experienced, and you're having this peace and this joy like you've never experienced before, if it doesn't line up with the word, it's false. Yes. And that's the thing, even in Hindu religions and new age religions, they'll have these spirituals, uh, these these experiences. And again, we believers in this generation are following after experiences. Yeah. And we're looking for signs, we're looking for miracles, we're looking for touches, and we're wanting someone to blow on us and us to pass out. And I'm not saying that that's bad, I'm not saying it's not from God necessarily, but we we are not called to seek those things. Yeah. We are called to seek God through His Word, and if it doesn't line up with His Word, then it's not Him, Amen. and that's the only safeguard that we have. Let's um, and uh, In Second Peter one three, it says, uh, "Turn. Go ahead and turn there." Second Peter, verse one or chapter one. And so God wants us to know him and he wants us to seek him and he wants to speak to us and he will speak to us. But we can never forget that there are also other spirits out there who want to speak to us, who want to lead us astray, who want to destroy our lives. And so we must be a people who are soaked in the word of God. Mm -hmm. All false, uh, false, uh, like cults, You know, it's just like Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses. They say, well, we believe in the Bible too. Well, how come my Bible doesn't agree with what your Bible says, right? And they can't both be true. One of them's either got to be true and the other's false because they both saying opposite things. Like the Jehovah's Witnesses say Jesus and Satan were brothers, right? I mean, it's like, okay, well, you show me that in the scripture and I'll believe it. And it's like, you know, the Mormons, they say, well, we believe in the Bible, too. It's like, well, then why does your stuff disagree with the Bible? Well, Joseph Smith was a prophet, and he, you know, God showed him the things that were corrupted by the church. Well, that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says if an angel or someone else preaches a different gospel, let him be accursed.
2: And the Mormon Bible has been changed multiple times over the years because... Because the prophecies that he wrote in there did not come to pass, and uh, therefore the, the, it had to be rewritten multiple times. Even
1: theologies were changed like during his lifetime to fit his convenience. Because mm-hmm. like, he started sleeping around with lots of women, and then polygamy became a, a doctrine that was acceptable, which is no longer acceptable. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing about false gospel and false, false uh, doctrine is that usually it appeals to the flesh, Right. Um, and it's like most cults, you know, it's like most cult leaders have, you know, can have their choice of women or, you know, and, you know, they got their, their followers giving them money and cars and houses and things like that. And, and so again, in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, he's talking about Jesus. He says, seeing that his divine power has granted it to us everything. You see that? God has granted us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge. You see that? Yeah. The true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Look at this in verse four. For by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. What's that? That's his word, right? So that we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. So again, Jesus is the embodiment of the word. Everything that does not agree with this word is not from him. And the problem again is that if we are not critical, if we do not judge things, if we are not discerning, if we're just sheep that just believe everything that they're told and uh, you know that again a lot of us a lot of times we go to church and everything that the preacher says, we're like, Yeah, 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 Amen, 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 and stuff. And it's like, are we really thinking about what they're saying? Right? Is what they're saying really true, right? And the thing is, is I'm again, I'm not saying to be critical in a, a bad way or in a bad sense or a, a judgmental sense where we're just tearing them down or like we can't listen to anyone, we can't be uh reproved, we can't be taught or anything like that. But we as believers need to know the Word of God and know what people are teaching us. Know whether it's true, whether it's not true, right? Does this align up with the Word of God or is it against the Word of God?
2: Because teachers are also teaching us um, what God is supposedly saying. So it is also important to not only test when an angel comes to you, but test what Preachers are coming to you and saying to you because that is what they're saying. God's word is to you. So is it in fact true? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, and that's the thing. Like just spending time in the Lord's presence, um, you know. But even that, if we don't know what the word is, there's there's multiple stories of people who are alone and and a spirit came to them and told them certain things. And yeah. so again, even when we're alone, if we don't, the most important tool that we have, the most important thing that we as human beings has is the word of God. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, I, I just wish Jesus was here. You know, Jesus could tell me what to do. You have the word of God. Mm-hmm. It has everything pertaining to life and godliness. There is no question in our lives of, of, of you know, that, that God hasn't answered essentially. You know, you can find an answer for it in the word of God. I mean, you, you people say, well, like smoking marijuana is not in the word. Well, getting drunk is. And what is that? Essentially, but it's like just making your mind to where, you're, you know what I'm saying? It's using so, a stimulant or it's using something to to um, medicate yourself or whatever. And stuff. so everything can be answered by the word of God, but we have to know what it says. Um, and again, the, a lot of that, is when, when we learn to be still and learn to be in the presence of the Lord and, and just learn to listen to Him. Because the closer that we are to Him, the more we hear Him. I mean, there the, again, there are times when I've just, when I've, I've had seasons in my life where I've just shut out the things, you know, shut out all these other voices and these other things and let everyone else play and do whatever they want to do. And, and obviously we as parents can't do that all the time. And, and, you know, we live in a world and we have to associate with other people. But in those times are the times when I've really heard God speak. Like even when I was coming down, when, when we were living in Colorado, um, I needed a job, and and we couldn't afford to live in Colorado because it was too expensive, and that's when I was working at Costco, and so we were just really praying, God, we need you to to work on our finances, and stuff. we need you, we need to move to Texas because Texas is more more affordable, and I'm telling you, when I was just sitting there praying and and seeking the Lord, I knew that God said, okay, you're going to get a job in Texas. I just knew it. And that's the way that God speaks to us. Uh, uh, God does not speak to most of us in audible voices, okay? Um, I think it's very rare when someone hears God in an audible voice. And sometimes even that I'm kind of a little suspect of, okay? But most of the time, like, we're, we're always what? well, like, how does God speak to people? How does, how does God speak to us? Most of the time it's through impressions, right? We just feel in our heart. We just know. And sometimes it can be a powerful thing where you just really know. You really know. You know what? This is what God is saying to me. And, and there are... And other
2: times it can be like when this, the parable or the... When, help me with the one that heard the whisper and he's like, he thought his dad was calling him. It oh, you're actually,
0: talking about Samuel? Yeah, Samuel. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Samuel heard, and he thought it was his dad calling him, but it was actually the Lord. And so it, sometimes we're like, oh, well, is that God? Or You know, so sometimes it's not clear, and there's not a strong knowing, but he wants us to keep, keep listening, and that's yeah. what he did is he kept listening. And so he wants us to keep listening, keep asking, right. Lord, is that you? Like Daniel heard about Gideon, God, is that you? just really trying to get confirmation and other ways
0: to see if it's the
4: Lord. Yeah, and that's the... uh, Go ahead. I I think the one time uh, throughout my life that I can say with certainty that God spoke to me was when the old Finstery house was just a mess, a disaster. And I was living, we were living right next to a crack house. And and, and I'm like, okay, God, if, you know, because... uh, you know, I have, I witnessed four guys all day in the house. The cops went there twice. You know, I uh, the cops showed up at 6 o'clock in the morning. The house was full of cops. I get up to a house full of cops and I wanted to run to the hills. I didn't want nothing to do with the ministry, nothing to do with the uh, Phase 3 house. And in the midst of all that chaos, I cry out to God and I know with certainty that He told me in my spirit So you're going to run or you're going to fix it? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, good. And then I played again, and I was like, "Oh, that must be me hearing voices." Please,
2: I was really hoping to run, actually. It's
4: not me, you know. I don't think anybody's talking to me. So then Art calls me up and says, "Frank, we're thinking about closing the pastry house. It's nothing but about the you know. It, it's just we don't even want to talk about it because the cops." told us if we have to come here again you're all gonna get kicked out we're gonna like uh shut the house down and yada 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 yeah. so it was a very desperate moment i, I total desolate then everyone went out and then i was left with Tang, that was a uh, stage four cancer he was dying and i found myself like oh lovely you know what a future do i have living right next to a crack house everyone's kicked out of the house now i'm living with a guy who's dying of cancer mm-hmm. it was a very desperate moment so i wanted to run so for then, then When R calls me I was like I don't know Let, let me think about it I, I need to pray some more And that whole entire week I kept like saying No I'm shaking it off Shaking it off That, that is not God All I could hear was So are you going to run Or are you going to fix it Yeah And then <laughs> it got to a point Where I said okay bro God I'm going to it was like it was almost like i had been twist my arm. I'm done. Okay,
2: I'll fix
4: it. <laughs> okay, I'll fix it. I don't know what we gave, but I'll fix it. Mm. And I remember just you know Art saying, and I'm like, I don't know Art, but I'm gonna try my best. Yeah. I didn't even know where to start.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: But God led me every step of the way. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, God, I'm gonna fix it, like. Like, it wasn't that I wanted to yeah. it wasn't like oh God, Frank you've been doing so well let, let us give you this task it was almost it was almost like they didn't have no one else so they picked me like <laughs> you know yeah so then but the minute and I'm like okay I'm gonna fix it like like with a child that has been reprimanded and then I'm, <laughs> I was like yeah but you gotta have to uh, you know I'm putting like all these requirements but you gotta help me you <laughs> have to tell me what to do because I don't know what to do uh-huh. And every time, and, and the minute I would be like, but I don't know what to do, declutter. I'm like, declutter. Like, he would, like, speak to me, and I was like, oh, I need to declutter the house. So whenever this crazy thought would come to my head, I would do it, and, and it was God so name would of the way. So that was the Lord. Yeah. So fast forward two years, and I don't take credit for nothing. All I'm saying is, like, God listen God to you. God's word, yeah. and and listen and follow because he will guide you. Yeah. yeah. Not only did, did, did by, by a miracle, God, I mean, God and Jesus serving, we were able to face reputation of the reputation of the house. Not only that, but God took care of the crack house. To this day, the house is still empty.
1: Hmm. Yeah. The
4: one next to us on the left hand on the awesome. earth, face three house. And then once, you know, like we passed all our tests, then I, then I was like, okay, God, you know, we need another house. And it wasn't easy to find another house. Because, you know the reputation of the house and you know the criminal background that the guys has and stuff like that so then God took us through all that and then he blessed us with this amazing house right so yeah. to clarify Which,
2: when you were being led by the Lord all those times it was not an audible voice right
4: it was not an audible but it voice like a it was in your heart no it was it was more than a, than, the, than the heart it wasn't an audible voice but not it's said know. knowing that you know without a doubt that yeah. it's God okay. Yeah. I felt that it was in my brain. I felt that like in my spirit. Yeah. I knew because of the outcome. Yeah, the he, you know, like when he told me declutter, I called Denton Firm House and I'm like, I need to declutter the house. Right away, the funds were provided for me to declutter the house. When I said, okay, I declutter the house, paint. I the word paint will come into my, ha- my mind. I'm like, oh, maybe I need to paint the house. I will call, the funds will be there to paint the house. Mm-hmm. So I follow those, mm-hmm. those. Uh, I don't know how. how random how to, thoughts.
2: <laughs> it's not
4: said. random thought. It's no. not a impression. thought that you think impression. about. Yeah. It's just like an impression that you yeah. just get. Okay. So I follow those ins- impressions every step of the way, and even and even w- with the houses like, I, w- I look at twenty one houses and they all say no, but in my heart was that God was saying like this is another one, this is another one, until so I went to, you know. The palace where we live now, I call it a palace compared to where we used to live. And I was like, ah are you kidding me? No, like my flesh was doubting, but God was saying yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And that
4: was the one that says yes to us. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And we just celebrated a one-year anniversary. Awesome. And now all the guys wants to live in the house. So now the reputation went up, you know, glory be to God. And, and that just blows me away how like, wow, what if I would have run to the hills yeah. and Who that's, knows the, what that's the
0: thing it's like that's how God does with most of us you right. know what yeah. I'm saying I, I, for most of us there's not this steady stream of God speaking all the right. time so, and even Abraham in the Old Testament after he had sent with uh, Hagar I mean God didn't speak to him again for another 14 years Right, and I'm not saying that okay, God's not going to speak to us, you know, at fourteen-year intervals or anything like that. But again, I don't think that for the most part that God is always, every moment, every day speaking to us different things. Now, again, different people are are different and stuff like that. But but this is an encouragement. This is God saying, "Yes, I will lead you." And I think the two uh, that a lot of times God is there when we really, 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 really need Him. Right. And I think that in some places where people really need God all the time, He's speaking to them more often oh, and more true. frequently yeah. because, because of
2: their situation. His
0: life and death. Yeah. And, and, you know, we are spoiled and we're like, you know, we have a headache. And we're like, God, I need you and stuff. And God's yeah. like, come back when you're, you know what I'm saying? Not that He's not there, <laughs> not that He's not with us and things like that. But I'm just talking about when He speaks to us um so i did want to talk about some of the different ways that god does speak to us uh and one of those ways is uh we talked about impressions there's dreams uh, just want to read a scripture in numbers twelve six. it says uh god said hear now my words if there's a prophet among you i the lord will make myself known to him in a vision i will speak to him in a dream and um like amy has lots of dreams and stuff that are from the lord and um i remember i had one it was probably about a year ago i don't dream a lot and so when i do have a dream and it really sticks with me i i kind of i question it sometimes anyway in this dream two two guys that i that i know that are that are kind of leaders in the church and stuff they they had paper sacks filled with candy and they were kind of giggling and you know like children kind of hiding and you know, children that have something that they're not supposed to have and stuff, and I was standing right there with them, right, like right between them and stuff, and they didn't see me, and stuff, and and so it's like again, that's a dream. These these two like leaders in the church were were standing there, and they had these bags of candy, and and they were just kind of giggling, and because they were hiding, and they had something that they weren't supposed to have and stuff, and um, and um and so like when I woke up, I'm like, Lord, what was that about? And I really felt the impression that the Lord was saying, I, I was like, what what is the candy? I mean, is that drugs? Is that, you know, what what is the candy? And it's like I really felt like the Lord was saying that's pride. And 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 since then, um, I mean, I, I didn't really know what to do with that because I don't like I say, I don't get a lot of dreams. But both of those guys have fallen. And stuff. And I only say that to say that. When you have a dream like that, really take it before the Lord. And and I also think that it's like, okay, that was from the Lord. And so now it's like, when I do have a dream, it's like, I'm going to take it more seriously and say, God, are you trying to say something to me? Should I say something to these people? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so uh, sometimes I think that that God is, sometimes God does speak to us, but we don't, we don't understand that he's speaking to us mm-hmm. but when things happen we need to we need to watch uh, when, when whenever we have a, an experience like that or whenever we have a dream or, or what have you we need to watch and see what happens whether whether it's something that does happen or not you know what i'm saying can
2: i share
0: and and by uh, by by doing that we learn how to uh how, how to move when God does speak to us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
2: So um, this, this, God speaking in dreams could be a whole Bible study that I would like to do sometime, but right now I'll just give you a couple of things. Uh, Job 33, verse 14. Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. In a dream, a vision of the night when sound sleep falls on men while they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and and seals their instruction, that he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep man from pride. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing over into shale. So there's a lot of things that I get out of that. First of all, when I kept feeling in the beginning like, oh my gosh, it feels like God is speaking to me really clearly about some things, but I would kind of pass over it and not pay attention to it and not give it really really not take it to the Lord and say God are you trying to tell me something I just kind of oh I had bad pizza uh, which can be true but I didn't even really give it a thought I thought that I read the scripture you know while they slumber in, in their beds and he talks about it not he speaks twice not once and no one notices it and I, I realized that God had been speaking to me for years in dreams and I never even noticed and I had to really repent of that and then um Just say, okay, God, I'm open and that's how you want to speak to me. I mean, like, I was always asking God to speak to me a certain way, and I think, and it wasn't in dreams, and I think sometimes we try to tell God how we want him to talk to us. You know, a lot of people are like, well, if God really loved me and he really existed, then he would speak to me audibly. Well, maybe God is speaking to you, but in a different way, Um, and... I personally wanted God to speak to me audibly and was always like, why don't you speak to me? Why don't you speak to me audibly? And finally I read the scripture and I was like, oh, okay. So God was going to speak to all of us differently and in different ways. And obviously we have to test all those ways through the word of God. But just be aware that he may not speak to you the way you expect or the way you want. He may speak to you the way he wants to. And you just need to be more aware. And like Dean said, yeah. just ask the Lord. Okay, especially when you, you're you having dreams that are coming true, um, then God might be trying to speak to you in dreams, and you need to say, okay, Lord, what, what do you want to say? Uh, yeah. um, God began to speak to me a lot about He's it, also the purpose of it. The purpose of God giving you a dream is not, not necessarily just to give you goosebumps. It, it says he... He opens the ears of men and he seals their instruction that he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep man from pride. So there's a point in it. He wants to instruct us in our sleep. He wants to um, convict us. He wants to show us areas where maybe our, There's so many dreams that, that I've had where God sh- showed me how to fight the demonic attacks on my life and showed me where there was sin in my life and showed me where I was letting the enemy in, you know? Um, and so, God taught me a lot through dreams about how to do spiritual warfare, how to um, just break free from sin. And it all lined up with the Bible. It was all in the Bible. It was just God's personal way of just, I'm a visual person. And God spoke to me in a very visual way to help kind of seal it in my heart. And um, it was pretty awesome once I realized that was what was happening.
0: And, and that's the thing again, a lot of times we're like, God, you don't speak to me. And it's like, God, god's like no i did but you and the thing is is in my case i'm like you know god doesn't speak to me through dreams i'm not that kind of person and, and god's like you know what i can do what i want to do <laughs> you know what and and that's the thing yeah. it's like we think that god's going to do this but god's like no this is how i'm going to do it and so again it's not that god is not speaking to us it's just we, he's not doing it in the way that we expect yeah right and so, again, we, we, we need to know that God is speaking to us. God does speak to us and stuff. But we, we again, we we need to acknowledge it. And yeah. we need to say, okay, yes, that you. was God. <laughs> and so, yeah. and uh, so. A lot of times
3: we're not asking the right question, you know. I yeah. mean, if Jonah's on the boat and he's like, God, should I go to Copernicum or should I go to, you know, Syria or something? Yeah, well. That's the wrong question. I'm not going to answer that question. I already told yeah. you where to go. Mm, yeah. but, that's but, very good. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes, right? Really God, should I move out? And, you know, not live with my boyfriend or something. Else? His Bible. Should yeah. I no, never moved right. in? Uh, yeah. Move
0: out. You know, I'm so <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> right, right. Why, so why are do you asking you really need me to pray where the word about that?
3: is really
2: right. super clear? Right. right. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, and that's the same way too. Like, um, sometimes the Lord will, like, there have been times, years, where I've gone where I didn't have. A dream from the Lord, and I'd be like, "Why aren't you speaking to me?" And and he would tell me, "It's because you didn't act on the last thing I told you." Yeah. So a lot of times, when we feel like God's not speaking to us, we need to search our hearts and say, "Did you act on the last word He spoke to you?"
0: That's good.
3: That just makes us more guilty. If He does speak to us and we're not doing it, Yeah. then we're guilty of disobeying Him. We're in greater sin. So, so yeah, it's His mercy. It's that his he doesn't mercy. keep telling us that's to true. do stuff that we're not going to do.
4: That's yeah, true. That's good. And it's, it's, it's funny what you said, that He talks to us whichever way He wants because He uses a donkey to yeah. talk to us. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> so donkeys don't talk. Yeah. Right. So that's, and that's that's the that's next thing you know what stuff. one of the ways God speaks yeah,
0: like, to yeah. us is through visions and stuff yeah. you know and now I don't we know a lot of heard. people <laughs> that get visions and stuff and I personally I don't know that I've ever had a vision wow. but God does do that sometimes yeah. right I mean look at the Apostle John he was on the Isle of Patmos and he got this whole vision of Jesus and mm-hmm. yeah. his revelation and stuff and you know so God and mo- God and speaks Moses and visions a also.
4: tree yeah we know trees don't talk. <laughs> and now there's this burning tree well, that's not even so. being consumed mm-hmm. by the fire yeah. and he's talking to Moses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Isn't another, that cool though? Like, that's another sample.
2: That's so cool because that is another way that I wanted God to speak to me for so long. Like I had a really good friend that saw visions all the time and I was like, Lord, I just want a vision. Please give me a vision. And he's like, dude, I'm giving you dreams like a minimum of once a week. Wasn't that enough for you? Like right. I was just like... We're seeking after signs. Well, so that's, that's a really
0: sometimes. good point, yeah. too, is like we look at other people and we want what they've got. Yeah. And we want to use the gifts that they got. And God's like, no, that's not how I use you. Yeah. You know, yeah. your gift is like this. And and, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, that we've got this whole thing. We're like trying to be like other people. And like God's like, I want to make you yeah. something really nice. You know, yeah. something really unique, unique something that yeah. that is awesome in my mind. Right. Yeah. And we're like, no, but I want to be like this other thing, yeah. you know. Um, moving on. One of the other ways that God speaks to us is through circumstances. And I I want to look at a scripture on this. Turn to Acts 16. Um, for, for, I think a lot of us, this is a big way that God moves is through circumstances. And Acts 16, verse, um, six. This is Paul when they're on their missionary journeys, he's he's going different places and stuff. Um, we'll start in verse five. It says, so churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. Verse six, they passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been, having, look at this, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So Paul, Paul, the apostle and stuff. So I'm going to go to Phrygia and, or, uh, Phrygia and Galatia and stuff. And and so, again, a lot of times, like even Paul at this point wasn't being specifically told where to go. He's just like, you know what? I really want to go here. And I think that that's the way God is with us a lot of times. God's like, how do you want to live? You know, I've given you these gifts. I've given you uh, these abilities and stuff. I'm not going mic- to micromanage your life. Your life is up to you in a lot of ways. How do you want to live? you want to be a missionary to Portugal? Go to Portugal. I will bless you in that, right? If you want to, if you want to go out on the streets in Denton and minister to, to, to prostitutes and stuff, then do that. I will be with you in that. And there are times when, just like with Paul, that God will say no, right? God will say, no, that's not what I want you to be doing. But there are other times when, God, when we're like, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? And God's like, what do you want to do? Well, God, he's like, what do you want to do? And and I think that that's the thing. Again, God, like a father, loves to stand back and see what we do with the gifts that he's given us, with the spirit that he's given us. And there's no limits. We put the limits on ourselves, right? And sometimes I think that we put the limitations on God and say, well, God didn't tell me to do this. And God didn't, uh, you know, God hasn't led me to this. And a lot of us have lead poisoning because we can't go anywhere because we didn't get a specific word from God. Right.
2: So what's cool is it says, and when they had come to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So right. they made their decisions. They, they, they thought, yeah, let's do this. That sounds cool. But the Spirit of God and His grace, knowing what He wanted, stopped them from doing that. So it's like sometimes we allow ourselves to be frozen and not make moves. Um, because we're waiting, but sometimes if we'll just step out in faith and, and do some stuff, the Lord, if He doesn't want us to do it, He He has the ability to stop us and uh, give us a vision or put a donkey in our path or whatever. He yeah. certainly can do that.
0: Yeah, turn to Luke chapter eight, and again, a lot of times, like even Paul talks about in uh, Acts, uh, what was it? Uh, Acts twenty, about like how the Holy Spirit kept telling him. That in bonds and afflictions he was going to go to Jerusalem. So there's times again when the Lord s- starts speaking to us specific things, and again it didn't. I don't think it happens through an audible voice, but sometimes there's just a knowing yeah. that this is going to happen, this is going to the to happen, and and it does, and and I think that all of us have experienced that to some degree. There's been times in our lives, maybe it's been few and far between, but there's been times when we knew that. A certain thing was going to happen, and it did. And um, in Luke chapter eight, um, verse eight, verse four, we're going to look at hindrances to hearing the God, hearing the Lord. Now, uh, we already talked about um, uh, how sin, will hinder, sin. Yeah. will hinder us. Distractions will hinder us. Look at verse four says when a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him that being jesus he spoke by way of a parable the sower went out to sow the seed as he sowed some fell beside the road and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air ate it up other seed and we all know the parable of the sowers we've we've heard it a uh, a bunch of times look at verse nine his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant now So Jesus tells this parable that even his disciples didn't understand. They didn't know what he was saying. He said, look what Jesus says to them. And he said, to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it's in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. You see that? So there are people that. I mean, God has to open our understanding, and that's what the Holy Spirit does, right? That's why God has given us the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into all truth. Right. That's why the world can't understand the things of God, because they don't have the Holy Spirit. But God has of the Holy Spirit. But why do, uh, why do people not understand sometimes? Look at uh, Matthew 13. verse 10, because this is not just some, like, well, God's, God's like, you know, I just don't like these guys, so I'm not going to let them understand. It's not like that at all. In Matthew 13, verse 10, says his disciples came to him and said, look at what the disciples say. Why do you speak to the people in parables? Jesus answered, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For for whoever who whoever has to him more shall be given And he will have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, uh, nor do they understand. In their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. With their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and I will heal them. But do you see that it says they have closed their eyes, right? And so what happens is people don't want to hear what God has to say. People don't want to turn. God speaks to them his word and because people won't listen, God says, okay, fine. Then you won't be able to hear. If we shut out the Holy Spirit, how are we going to hear from God? Because it's the Holy Spirit that opens our ears. It's the Holy Spirit that instructs us. And if we refuse to listen to him, there's no hope for any of us. Turn to one uh, other place in Jeremiah 17. Verse 21. says thus says the lord take heed for yourselves and do not carry any load on the sabbath day or bring anything in through the gates of jerusalem now he's talking about the sabbath day but this could be anything god is telling them something that he wants them to do they're not listening he says you shall not bring a load out of your houses on the sabbath day nor do any work but keep the sabbath day holy as i commanded your forefathers look at this in 23 yet they did not listen or incline their ears but they stiffen their necks in order not to listen or take correction. He says, but it will come about if you listen attentively to me, attentively to me, declares the Lord, to bring no load in through the gate of the city on the Sabbath day, but to keep the Sabbath day holy by doing no work in it. Then there will come in through the gates of the city, kings and princes sitting on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses they are, they and their princes, the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the city will be inhabited forever. So God says, it's up to you. If you want to listen, I will speak to you. If you don't want to listen, then I will close your ears and you won't be able to, right? Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is a lot of us, you know, God is, sometimes God is speaking to us, but we don't want to hear it. Just like what we, what we learned about Balaam last week. God speaking to Balaam, God was even speaking through his donkey, but Balaam didn't want to hear it. And what happened, he wound up getting destroyed because of it. And God wants to speak to us. He wants to to, um, share his heart with us. He wants to tell us his will. He um, he, He wants to know us. He wants to walk in relationship with us, but it comes down to us. It comes down to whether I'm going to allow him to speak to me.
2: Yeah, I would like to point out that a lot of times when the Lord does speak to us it's not so much to entertain us as it is that there's an action required upon it. So like verse 7 of chapter 18 of Jeremiah at one moment I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to uproot, to pull down or destroy if that nation against which I I have spoken to turns from its evil I will relent concerning concerning the calamity I plan to bring on it or at another moment, I might speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to build up or to plant. If it does evil in my sight by not obeying my voice, then I will think better of the good with which I have promised to bless it. So along with listening, kind of what I think, Christy, you said something earlier. is like we have a responsibility to be obedient to what we hear, and sometimes it's in his mercy to not speak to us if we're not being obedient. Like if he knows we're not... We're not going to be obedient. and He's not speaking. It's, it's probably his mercy. Hmm. So if But if we really want to hear the Lord and and have him continually walk with us and guiding our steps and stuff, then we, we need to become good at obeying and not only obeying, but obeying quickly. And whenever there's time, I have a testimony of that just from this past week.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that's good about that too is that it, it was like God speaks when he wants you to do something or whatever and stuff. I think a lot of us, when we come in prayer and we want to hear God speak, what we want to hear is God tell us that he loves us, right? Or that he's with us or, mm-hmm. or that, you know, you're, you're my son or you're my daughter. God says that in his word. Yeah. And so that's why I think that a lot of us don't hear that a lot of times is because God's like, I told you that. I've told yeah. you that yeah. over and over and <laughs> yeah. over and stuff. You just need to believe that. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when, when God speaks to us, it's because he wants us to do something. You know what I'm saying? He has a specific thing for us to do or to hear or to, you know, whatever and stuff. Um, so. It's
3: good. There was one time, that it, and I don't remember what words he said, but it was like three or four words. And I, I was, my marriage was crumbling, and I was just, you know, kind of in despair and sad. Uh-huh. And that was like one of the... Maybe two times I've heard voice, audible, audible voice, and you know, of course, my ADD. I don't remember what he said. All I remember is it's extremely poignant. It's extremely God. It's like, like all His Majesty and His power, that He's not gonna be any less than all that He is at the moment. So. Just showing his power, like, and every word matters. So, like, when he speaks, every word matters. Very few words, very powerful. And I think that that's more like maybe Jesus or Abba, as opposed, you know, the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's always there, and God's always talking in a sense, and all you have to do is open his word, and he's always talking. But I just remember... It was both comforting and it was i mean it was very comforting, but in the sense also of just his Majesty, he didn't let go of any of his majesty or apologize in any way for what you know for what was going on, but it made it very clear to me that he's God that he knows me, that he's there for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could remember exactly what it was. I just remember it was so poignant in it so it turned everything around at that moment and it was encouraging so. wow.
2: which is another good um, lesson that I've learned and I guess you have learned is it's good for us to write things down when the Lord speaks mm-hmm. to us or he gives us a dream yeah. or even if someone else gives you a word and you're not sure about it the church just write it down and date it and pray and say Lord if if this is from you I want you to confirm it and mm-hmm. you might find that a month later or a year later you're like oh go back to your journal and you read it and go oh
0: It's all making sense
2: now. I regret so many things I didn't write down. There
0: you go. Oh, well,
2: just um, Dean's message he preached, I think it was last week on Balaam. Um, I was re-listening to it again this week, and I just, when I was driving um, back from a market, and I was just like, Lord, I just, I don't want to be like Balaam. I don't want to be this person that goes and seeks you and says, Lord, what would you have me to do? And then God that he really doesn't really hear what the Lord wants. He heard, he heard what he wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And so I said, Lord, please help me not to be like that And when I ask for direction, not just to hear what I want to hear. And um, so basically I prayed that Saturday, and on Sunday he tested me. <laughs> so um, he tested me. I just felt like I was really getting convicted by the Lord about something I needed to do and it was going to cost me a lot of money to do it, and I was like, okay, Lord, I don't want to hear this, you know, like, kind of like when you wanted to run, it's like, I really don't want to hear this, but I know this is a test, and I know you're answering me, and I will do it, you know, and I'm just thankful that he helped me pass that test, you know, it's like, okay, so, and, and then the other thing was, um, Something else, a lesson I learned last week, too, even after the Balaam message was, um, it's a long story, but um, God was putting on my heart to witness to somebody. Long story short, um, I didn't, I I, I tried to get the person, I tried to get together for coffee with them, but I quickly, I didn't persist, and I kept feeling in my heart, this is urgent, this is urgent, this is urgent. And so I, I kind of, obeyed that urgency in my heart for a few days but then I that when they didn't respond I just kind of backed off even though I felt this strong sense of urgency and I saw the fruit of that this week like I ran into the person in the store and heard their story and I just I could hardly keep I could hardly shop without just wanting to burst out crying knowing that God really wanted me to preach the gospel to them then, and wanted me to like do whatever it took to to, to meet with them, you know. Because well, now
0: they're in a far worse. Now they're in state. a far worse
2: state, and so it just broke my heart. They were actually open to the gospel at that time, and they they don't appear to be open at this time. And so I just I'm so sad. I'm so convicted, and I'm just like so. Not only does He want us to be obedient to those urgings in our spirit, but He wants us to be obedient quickly. And he doesn't want us to let go when there's that kind of assurance, you know, like, I had kind of an assurance and I just eventually let the world come in and get me busy and distracted and, and, oh man, was I convicted the other day.